welcome to the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Lynn, and Adam. In today's episode, we discuss Beta Ray Bill number two, Fantastic Four number 30 and 31, Guardians of the Galaxy number 13, and Champions number six. Lots and lots of comics. So many comics. <laughs> I, think, I don't think it helps that we've just basically done a run of Falcon Witness Soldier stuff over the last like, six weeks. The last episode yet, have we? We haven't. We haven't. It was very good. Uh, I was really happy with how it ended. Me too. Yeah. And so. you know, I uh, Baron Zemo convinced me to give Turkish Delight another try. <laughs> and the verdict? Better than I remembered. Oh, okay. I, I got a, I got a box of pomegranate pistachio Turkish Delight, and it was actually pretty good. That that does sound pretty good. Like all all I remember of Turkish Delight is in in the UK that you get this little uh, like square purple package of Turkish Delight that you used to be able to buy off like the chocolate bar counter and uh, it was horrible yeah the, yeah, the, the purple stuff is what I remember and this this stuff came in a white box yeah an octagonal yeah, I, white box I'm, I'm assuming you're buying like, quality now <laughs> yeah because the purple stuff was way too sweet I've yeah. never had it it's like a jelly candy with nuts in it oh yeah I mean the, the, the stuff they used to sell here was just just the jelly mm-hmm. and then for some reason they went and like enrobed it in chocolate and I would yeah. get the shit out of that. That sounds good. I it it's okay. I think you, I think you, you kind of have to get quality stuff, yeah. <laughs> like like anything really. But you know, you have to get the quality stuff to get real kind of sense of it, and and the authentic stuff as well, not not the mass produced stuff. Yeah, this is from USA's USA apostrophe S USA's Turkish delight. Yeah, no idea. It's it's built like a name, not not USA. So oh, okay. That's that's fair enough. It's uh, I I I should I should try and get some and give it a try as well because Zemo has been the highlight of that series in its entirety. Yeah, this is oh, it's from Turkey. Yeah, this is this is actual Turkish delight from Turkey. Now that I oh, googled it, even even better than really. You got the <laughs> real the th- stuff. Yeah, that's what I mean. Get the authentic, get the quality. You're, you're all set. So but yeah, also uh, also this week we had the uh, photos from the set of Ms. Marvel. That costume she, is fabulous. She is so cute. I'm so looking forward to this TV show, and I'm just kind of like, just just really hoping for our favorite Inhumans to make a, an appearance in it. But you know, we we get in this content, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just like what <laughs> from a character that appeared six years ago mm-hmm. to now, or seven years ago to now, and it's just like you know, it, it's incredible, and I I just I just can't wait. And uh, she's just fantastic. And you know, I would even be okay if the Inhumans don't show up till a later season because I think this show is going to get more than one season. I yeah, think so. Yeah. Um, also, cool guy. I mean, he's got to be. Or uh, it could be teasing us. Yeah, I don't trust them anymore. But he, yeah. cool guy looks like Maximus. He does. But and, and like you said, even if that is like a tease for a a story that comes further down the way, then that would be that would be fine by yeah. me. Because I I feel like Ms. Marvel really works as just a you know I mean she has worked in as, mm-hmm. as a character in her own right, and she doesn't have to have this big supporting cast of characters other than the ones that have appeared in her book and. I, I guess that's why people kind of re- relate her to Spider-Man as well, which is yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, I just... But if you know we get the Inhumans, that means Lockjaw can show up to get hugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We we need we need a Lockjaw. We need a better CGI version of Lockjaw as well. Yes, we do. Although but... the first CGI version wasn't terrible, I don't think. But it, I, I my, but we also my barely only... saw him. Yes. Yeah, and my my issue with that was they kind of reused the same frames almost in in a lot of the. In a lot of the episodes, which was a shame, but the whole ep- you know. the whole series was a shame. Um... <laughs> yeah, but Miss yeah, Marvel that's looks start on great. That one. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. does. She Let's does. focus on that one for now. And I think, and I, I love her little red chucks. I don't care what anybody says. I like them too. I think it just adds to it. Which, of course, led me to the Converse website, and now I've got some shoes on the way. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> So, How'd that happen? <laughs> no idea. I, I, I hope they're paying Marvel for product placement because <laughs> they're going to make bank now. <laughs> right? Get your red uh. chucks now. So, yeah, like if they, they need to do what Vans did with the uh, Captain Marvel sneakers and they just need to have Miss Marvel sneakers chucks. Oh, I, I, oh. I think it's guaranteed at this point, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. There, there will, there will be them. some company out there that will team up and make a make some kind of shoe. Like, and, yeah. and even if they don't, you can customize them now. You uh, can. The Converse page, yeah. yeah. 
Actually, yeah. apparently Adidas is coming out uh, with a Spider Gwen shoe. <gasps> with the blue soles? Uh, I think so. I might have to get them. Because <laughs> I missed out on... I'm Googling. I, I, I missed out on the <laughs> Captain Marvel Adidas ones by Jen Bartel. And I... Because I, I, I just... At the time they came out, I just couldn't get them. And I was so upset about it. But if I feel they like this released in, this, them, I would buy them in a heartbeat. This entire episode... Version. We could we could go down the route of shoes. shoes if we wanted to. We could. <laughs> because the shoes you've got, Lynn, are like like perfect Karnak shoes. Yeah, so beautiful. <laughs> they're, they're really good. And and you know, I will keep saying it, I think you should you should cosplay as a as a version of Karnak at some point. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm surprised you haven't yet. I it's I mean it's hardly a it's hardly a cosplay because it's basically it, it, like clothes. You know, normal clothes. <laughs> yeah. I am going to wear that today. I'm going to wear this green hoodie. <laughs> you just need the face paint, and then yeah. and then it'll be fine. But yeah, I, I have to say, I think that's my favorite version of Karnak the the hoodie and the sweatpants Karnak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just 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 from uh, just just from uh, what was it the completely done with life? Yeah, just done. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna wear these human uh, clothes. Don't care <laughs> till till they, they fall they... apart. <laughs> <laughs> they they might have imperfections in, but I just don't care anymore. Oh. Oh, poor Karnak. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Ms. Marvel, really look forward to that one. Um, yeah. What's, is that yeah. is that coming out this year, I think? End of this year? End yeah, of right. this year. Yeah, winter then, of this year. And then yeah. um, she'll be showing up in Captain Marvel 2, along with Monica and Carol. Yeah. So that will be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm again, looking forward to that one. But uh, shall we review some comic books? Let's do it. Cool. So uh, I think, Lynn, you're up, you're up first. That's right. Beta Ray Bill number two, Argent Star. The writer and artist is Daniel Warren Johnson. Colors by Mike Spicer. Lettering by Joe Sabino. The cover artists are Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer and Paul Pope and Mike Spicer. Logo by Stacey Zucker, assistant editor Kat Gregorowitz and editor Will Moss. Bill's quest to find Odin begins. He's just started his journey when he finds a stowaway. Self-appointed wingman Scourge, who's back from Valhalla. Can't stay there because there's no guns. Can't be paradise without Destin's Stroy. <laughs> <laughs> and he just happens to know where Odin is. So Scourge takes Bill to a bar in an unnamed location where they end up in a fight with some space bikers after Bill scares one of their girlfriends with his rather unusual looks. Pip shows up to lend a hand. He followed them from Asgard. Shortly after, Odin arrives to break it up. Turns out he's been laying low and working on his microbrewing since handing over the throne to Thor. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I love that. I love that so much. It's like... <laughs> it's what everyone does when they retire nowadays. Don't yeah. Adam? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm so far off retirement, so <laughs> I haven't given it a thought. I even got one of my friend's kids microbrewing root beer. <laughs> That's awesome. It's awesome. Like there's a, I got her a root beer micro brew kit. Just don't, just don't tell it. Tell her just not. Don't add too much sugar. (laughs) All right. So unfortunately, Owen's no longer magical enough to make Bill a new hammer, and the dwarves of Nidavellir could make him a cool weapon, but not one that could revert him to his original form. To find something powerful enough to turn him back to his old self, he'll have to go to Muspelheim through a portal created by Odin and retrieve Twilight, the Sword of Surtur, the same sword that was used to destroy Corbin. I kind of have a feeling where the story is going, but I'm going to keep it to myself. The awesomely Kirby-esque guardians of the portal let them through with a warning. If they come back changed, they'll be forced to kill them. Scourge and Pip naturally tag along to help, but something goes wrong upon entering Muspelheim. Scuttlebutt goes offline and the ship begins to crash because she's been transformed into an android. Dun dun dun! Interesting. <laughs> it was a it was yeah. a good ending to that issue. It was, and yeah, the, the title makes sense when you look at Scuttlebutt because Argent means silver, and she's got a whole bunch of star points on her head. So, so, so me being me, I was like googling stuff for references and and all that kind of stuff, and I googled Argent Star rather than just Argent because I'm an idiot. But <laughs> <laughs> and I, 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 it now totally makes sense now uh, why. Silver is AG on the periodic table. Yep, I I never realized that before because obviously, like you said, Argent is a is a like a classical name for silver, and uh, I I feel I feel you know 
uh, what's the word? My my horizons have been widened by that right. knowledge. You've got a new wrinkle <laughs> in your brain, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's to the four that are already there. <laughs> hey, always with the fun science facts on this show. <laughs> and I, I I also googled Arch and Star, and I'm like, this this book has nothing to do with this story. Yeah, because uh, like Argent Star, I I saw references to like Warhammer 40k, and then I was like, is he a fan of Warhammer 40k? Uh, there's there's also just a regular novel, you know, science fiction novel called that. I'm like, this yeah has nothing to do with what's I, happening. I I hear the word Argent, and I think of the Argent Crusade for World of Warcraft. So <laughs> so <laughs> we all kind of have our like places to go, and that's brilliant. <laughs> it's like it's great. But yeah, this this is gonna be interesting because if you've read the Sif and Bill story from Journey into Mystery, Scuttlebutt at one point ends up inside Tia Shiraz's body, and Bill is way too okay with it. <laughs> and uh, if you if you don't know who that is, Tia Shiraz is a female Corbinite that Galactus made as a gift for Bill without really consulting her or Bill about it. It did not work out. Uh, yeah, um, uh, that that makes me happy that it didn't work out because I have not read this story and I I'm going to read it now. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, because that's easy. that's really weird. That's ugh. yeah. What, what was the Beta Ray Bill? There was like a there was a three episode three issue Beta Ray Bill mini series. That um that journey into mystery story was that the uh, most recent one or was it kind of is a bit more of a classic one? It's a recent one. Yeah. Yeah, because I know they they sort of rebooted that book for God Hunter. a number of issues. Yeah, God Beta Hunter. Ray Bill God Hunter is when Tiashara shows up. But yeah, this reminds me, and I know Adam has seen this episode of Doctor Who, <laughs> the Doctor's Wife. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. One of the best episodes of all time. Yeah, by uh, by Neil Gaiman. Yes, who who the Doctor who also was way too okay with what was happening. <laughs> yeah, I that's that's a really good point. Um, yeah, because he's he, he's basically like, oh yeah, he just wants to see her in the flesh, and he's really yeah. happy to see her in the flesh. It just it's a very awkward story, because yeah. <laughs> the TARDIS is like his life partner, and it's just yeah. like, hmm, this is awkward. <laughs> like, th- did you wish really hard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then and she's like, oh, what what you call me when we're alone? It's like, yeah. huh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's oh. a brilliant episode there anybody who hasn't seen that should go and watch it so yeah, if you haven't seen that episode obviously it's got the usual matt smith karen gillen um i think it had arthur darvillin as well uh but it also has uh uh michael sheen the welsh actor as uh as house in that one yeah just some really it's just a really great episode of doctor who <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got scourge <laughs> who is an absolute scene stealer and i appreciate they drew him like carl urban yeah. oh I just want to. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I love Carl Urban as Scourge. Me yeah. too. I just love Carl Urban. I, I know. I have, a, I have a long-standing um, attraction to him since I was a wee little thing. So, you know, <laughs> back in his Xena days. <laughs> Oh, Honestly, I, I, I just, I just from before uh, Ragnarok, I saw him in Judge Dread. Yeah, and he was, he was in like that. That movie is so underrated. It is because he is so good in it, and, and he insisted <laughs> on never taking off his helmet. Yeah, and because he is it, a nerd, and it's so good. It it's is. just such a good movie, and I, I really wish it had got like a sequel or something. But again, <laughs> probably a conversation for a different time. But you know, we love Carl Urban on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I was sad when I found out he was going to be Scourge in the movies because I know what happens, which meant we weren't going to have him around for very long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unfortunately. That's a bummer. But who better to be Bill's wingman than poor old Scourge, who was in love with Amora, the Enchantress, forever yeah. and was constantly being just dragged around? No, oh, Scourge. Poor Scourge. But at least he made it out from hell. He did. He did. He made it to Valhalla where there are no guns. But he did you know, deserve Valhalla after his badass redemption. So uh, that that entire thing, like where there are no guns. I mean, you mentioned it previously, but it just reminds me of that scene of Des and Troy. Yeah. In Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> and, and rest in peace to Des and Troy because they probably got blown up when Asgard got destroyed. But oh, oh. yeah, yeah, it's such it's such a good like version of this character mm-hmm. and the, the acting is just phenomenal yeah, a page of just bill and scourge talking is so dynamic scourge is so hyperactive 
<laughs> and I just love him. Yeah, I, I for me, I've only read Scourge, I think, in one book prior to this, which was As Guardians of the Galaxy by uh, Cullen Bunn. And I, it wasn't a memorable book, I'm going to be real mm-hmm. honest with you, but I think this portrayal of him in, in Beta Ray Bill is, is a much more like a much more fun take and I really love uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's take on Scourge and everyone really because he's just doing such a such a good job <laughs> and we're only issue two like right? he's made oh. us love these characters again oh my god I'm Scourge defending Bill's honor was absolutely <laughs> precious he is the most beautiful horse <laughs> and I just again I just imagine Carl Urban saying that just oh God, so I good. hope we get Beta Ray Bill in the MCU. He was he, he we had his lovely little profile in Thor yeah. Ragnarok. So we have to yeah. get him at some point. I'm hoping maybe he'll be in the uh you know be an after credit scene for the next Thor movie since it's already pretty crowded. Yeah, yeah but then again, you know, it's 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 already a crowded movie. One well, one tiny little cameo of like Beta Ray Bill in the background. That would be yeah. that would that would satisfy me. That'd be fine. Like the Howard the Duck cameo in, <laughs> yeah. in Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Or or, or in or the what his one in Guardians of the Galaxy. Even uh, if it's just casual yeah. wear, Bill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like the hat. The hat oh. is what is what gets me. <laughs> it's the the Marvel go to. <laughs> oh my goodness! And the cutaway of Scuttlebutt. Yeah, I I love cutaways because I'm an engineer. And if you zoom in, he snuck the creative team and their offices into it. Yes, and also like a big pile of long boxes. Yep, and the room full of the room full of pinball machines at the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm totally with you there, Lynn. Like, don't, don't get me started on this kind of thing. I love cutaways. I love like like when maps feature in episodes and issues of comics yeah. and all that sort of schematics and all that kind of thing. Like they just they just give me a really happy feeling inside. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, the arcade room as well. Like like uh, Saren said, with the pinball machines, just made my day. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is a good one to have in digital because you can zoom in and examine each one of the little rooms. Yes. Yeah. Agree. And and, and the best thing about uh, Marvel Comics is that you get a free digital edition with every physical edition. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank God they went back to that. Yeah, they try yep. to take yeah. it away from us. Yes. Uh, I just, I love this story. It's just three bros trying to learn to love themselves, like city slickers in space. <laughs> and they even have, yeah, they do. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, you've I... got poor Scourge, who you know, love Lauren Scourge, and then Pip, who didn't always used to be a little troll. Did he not? He did. He did not. That's in Warlock. Oh, yeah, I... issue twelve of Warlock, you get the origin of Pip. Where See, he, I, what was he before? He was a prince. Oh shit! And then he drank See, something do... he shouldn't have, and uh, turned into a troll, and irritated everybody so much they made him go away. I I vaguely remember reading about that, but not reading the story. Yep. And I I feel so bad because um I think I'm going to mention this later when we when we touch on Guardians of the Galaxy, but I have such a love for like Marvel cosmic characters, and you know I, I Pip the troll is is a is a cosmic character in that regard, but I just don't read enough of them <laughs> I, it's probably because they don't release very many books of them but you know i just want to i'm going to read more and i'm going to try and get more into marvel cosmic classic and current as well it's also good all the characters are so fun it is fun and apparently i read the letters page apparently uh the book had been out less than a day and they had gotten so many letters <laughs> about <laughs> issue number one yeah I, everybody well, loves bill the, right? the fact the fact that they had a letters page on issue one uh, on issue two surprised me because usually it's a couple of issues before they come in yeah so they they must have basically made that letters page pretty much on on the the the, the days before two went out to print yeah and and daniel warren johnson answered the letters page himself which is awesome mm-hmm. because not many creators do that yeah. um yep i know carla pacheco does for her books but i think he's the only other one i've seen do it so well um uh dan slot does it for fantastic four oh, as well good. So. that's awesome yeah, I just I, I I just like it when it's the actual writers answering. I don't know. I just think that adds another awesome yeah. to a book. But I I feel I feel like this is going to go to a place that hopefully where these characters who are all kind of like you know they're not particularly happy in themselves or they don't like themselves or or whatever whether it's you know because of vanity or whatever. But it it's 
I just hope that they get to a place where they like themselves on a much on a much deeper level. It's something we all need to do, and it's I think that's why it's relatable. And it's like appreciate your good points and don't focus on your bad, and especially when it's because of vanity in this case. <laughs> you gotta learn to love yourself as much as Scourge loves Bill. Yeah. Yes. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, how Scourge loves Des and Troy in uh, yep. in, in Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. God, oh, I love this book. This is a five out of five Lockjaws, easily. I, I don't remember like reading an issue of a book before and going, I'm so excited for issue two at this point. This is torture <clears throat> waiting the four weeks for the next one. And I'm, I'm sad is, yeah. because it's a miniseries. I'm just, I'm so anxious to hear that Marvel has signed him up for something else. Yeah. yeah. They have to. After the way this is going to do, they have to sign him up for something. That's the thing, and if 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 the the amount of kind of like you say about the letters page after issues yeah. one, it's it's like well, where is this going to go? I yeah. mean, like like I think I said it in the last episode, Daniel Warren Johnson. I don't think he's done particularly much at Marvel no. to date, but yeah, they've got to get him back, right? No, and I mean, <laughs> can, can you imagine an, an Inhumans miniseries from him oh, with the way he would draw Black Bolt and Medusa? <laughs> I I just I just we're gonna to have to commission him you know that yeah. we have to... <laughs> like, like let's let's go let's go a third and get a third each and get a timeshare on a piece from him <laughs> like, like a third of the year we have to ship it back to my house mm. or I don't know, it's just uh, but yeah it, it's it's gonna be this book is great if if he was put on any human's book it'd be incredible uh but yeah I, i'm with you i totally love this book totally love this book so i guess over to you lynn with uh fantastic 431 Self-examinations. The writers Dan Slott, artist R.B. Silva, color by Jesus Arbatov, lettering by Joe Caramagna. Cover artists are Mark Brooks, Carlos Pacheco, Rafael Fonteres, and Rochelle Rosenberg. Graphic designer is Carlos Lau, assistant editor Martin Biro, associate editor Alana Smith, and editor Tom Brevoort. Early in the morning, the Fantastic Dads sneak away to give the Forever Gate a spin, which ends in a gorgeous splash page. Yeah, this this like I know I rave a lot about that big double page from like issue two of this run, but I think this has now overtaken it as my kind of favorite bit of artwork. <laughs> so good, just beautiful. Yeah, and back on Yancey Street, Nicola is watching Joven sleep, debating whether or not she should kill him. <laughs> I love these kids so much. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so easy. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, we've said it literally not 10 minutes ago. <laughs> They need their own book. Oh. I honestly want them to team up with Lunella. She, they're the same age. They need to. Yeah. Like, Can you just imagine the chaos? It would be fantastic. Uh, she would be I, so I, fed up with them after five minutes. It would be great. <laughs> And they oh. would love Devil Dinosaur. I mean, they'd uh-huh. be like, this beast can charge into battle for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't actually imagine that. I, oh. <laughs> right. Somebody needs to get on that. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. So Alicia's decided she's going to teach these little monsters how to sculpt, except for the fact that Skrulls are already natural sculptors. So Alicia bemoans the fact that she doesn't know what else she can give to the kids. And then we get the sad story of how Nicola knows Alicia. She used to sneak away from training and watch her in her tank when Alicia was a prisoner of the Skrulls. She was her angel, and now she gets to keep her. I, I'm I'm really glad that he, he put that in there. Yeah. Um. I love I love that little explanation. Meanwhile, the dads find themselves stuck in the "get what you ask for, even if you don't want it" dimension. Reed's getting answers to theoretical questions, and Ben's getting something to clobber. And back at the Baxter building, Bentley 23 attempts to confess his feelings to Valeria, only to find that she's given up on boy-girl stuff thanks to that jerk Arboro. So Bentley hijacks the Forever Gate to go kick his ass, much to the delight of his father, the wizard. <laughs> that was <Jesus>. so good. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've always wanted the wizard to kind of come back. Yeah. Uh, ever since reading like Hickman's Fantastic Four and Future Foundation. So I'm kind of glad this little cutscene was in there. Yeah. So Bentley's little jaunt fuses up the charge in the Forever Gate, leaving Reed and Ben stranded with an ever-increasing number of thought-about en- enemies to fight. So we we got the confirmation <laughs> on the amount of times you can use for the Forever Gate, and and yep. 
I'm I'm sure it was. I'm I'm almost certain it's going to be set up for this specific scenario. But why is it an odd number? <laughs> <laughs> well, he wanted to go two places. I think he intentionally charged it for what he wanted to do here, then there, then back home. But it's <laughs> and it was specifically set up so that Bentley could mess it up. Because ben- if it was just one return trip, Bentley would have been stranded too. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like the rules are so so strange. It's yeah, just, it's, the rules well. are exactly what they need to be to get the characters where Dan wants them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think the rules are going to change soon. <laughs> I think the rules will be different every issue. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think Reed's going to have to plan for people messing with his forever gate. And charge it up for like six or something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Just dear. in case. Just in case. Uh, that's always the way. Because it, w- it will charge back up. You know, they, they did say it would charge back up, but it was going to take a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was just it was just the fact they can do like three yeah. trips in a month. It's just like, why not do it? Why don't yeah. do an even number right. so you get two return trips? <laughs> <laughs> just one extra. Just a backup trip. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just just redundancies in the in the system. <laughs> okay, so back home, Sue's, Sue is looking for Reed, and Franklin runs off with a fantastic car, leaving Johnny to suggest that maybe it's time to bring in some professional help. Back with Reed and Ben, they're now faced with the, the vision of the future that Ben saw in Fantastic Four 28, where Ben kills Reed for a mysterious transgression because Ben can't stop thinking about it. In the middle of convincing Ben that the future doesn't have to happen, Reed figures out a way home. He thinks a new forever gate into existence and they return home to an unamused Sue. Now it's time for a family meeting where they decide to send Franklin to therapy with someone who specializes in kids. Trauma. Of course. Yeah. Jesus. The son of nightmare who turns into the thing you fear the most. In in Franklin's case, that's himself. Uh, Okay. A quick, quick, serious question. Okay. That has been on, that has been on my mind since I read this issue. Has Ben always had four fingers? And how yes. have I only just noticed this? I don't know. He has he, always had four fingers. Very, very odd. Because I, the, where does I the, just where does the fifth one go? I don't know. Maybe it's stuck in there with another one. <laughs> That's it, what I mean. It's, it's just stuck it's in weird. the pinky. I yeah. don't know. The pinky merged into one finger. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, sorry. So that was my that's my one yeah. serious question for the day. Must be very uncomfortable, but yeah. Yeah. Always with three. Okay. So this was kind of a reset issue to get us back on track after King and Black. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. much appreciated to the to, to everyone at Marvel for that. <laughs> and I, I you know, we talked about this in the the last review, but you know, Sue is very overprotective and it's always good to remember that the family's powers are reflective of their personalities. And yes, you know, Sue's invisibility reflects how she doesn't feel seen by Reed, but she also makes force fields because of how protective she is of her loved ones. And it's uh, it's interesting as well, because, I mean, like like I say in um, a few, probably about a month ago, actually, I, was, I started reading the um, initial Fantastic Four issues. Uh, oh, so I think yeah. At the, at the moment I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, some of them are a lot of fun, but still all the, the Sue stuff is... It, it's it's very much like i think i've said this before it's very much a product of its time yeah um but i think the the interesting thing is 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 like, like again i've said this before it's just the way that kind of um ben and johnny have almost kind of like swapped places to an extent on the team and they're and they're kind of hot, the hot-headedness and the and the kind of the family guy sort of thing and it's, it's interesting i, I kind of like how where they've come in the last 60 years really it is kind of weird to bring in a psychiatrist that isn't doc samson but Dan Slott did create trauma. Yeah. From yeah, Avengers the sense. Initiative. And that, that origin story is a major yikes. So Yeah, he has a lot of major yikes origin Ooh. for some Yeah. Think think Rosemary's baby. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. I thought Silk was fucked up. Excuse my language, I, I, but I did not get that reference. I'm I'm gonna have to do some uh <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Do some Googling afterwards, I guess. <laughs> Maybe it's... I'm glad I didn't get that reference. Oh, <laughs> Rosemary's Baby's all messed, sorts of messed up. Yeah, but there there was there was a reference in there that I did really like. Yeah, which was the Vance Astro reference. You know, lo- yeah. long live the Marvel Boys. <laughs> uh, I I found the idea that Franklin is afraid himself afraid of himself a little odd. But then again, also it's it's not odd at the same time. If if you get what I mean, I I just wonder if it's a certain aspect of himself, like if there's something that he really doesn't like about himself 
And then that kind of leads me to think, is this the real reason why he's you know, supposedly lost his powers? And is he full of self-doubt? Because I know that goes yeah. hand in hand with just being a teenager, I think. Uh, all Franklin's problems right now are seem to be internal to Franklin. Yeah. It's no one else causing these problems. Right. Uh, and, and that's the thing. I, I kind of hope that this will develop into i mean obviously it's going to develop develop into a bigger story but it it's kind of goes back to almost like the beta ray bill stuff is learning to appreciate yourself and actually say well you are good at this you are good at that focus on that as opposed to everything that you believe you you are not good at or is not good about you yeah but good job fantastic four for realizing that he needed therapy yeah. yes actually i've more comics are doing that and yep. i just gotta say kudos to that and i'm stigmatizing it yeah, and I, I think I think both the the Marvel TV shows this year have done that as well, mm-hmm. haven't they? With 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 Wanda, you know, effectively getting her own uh, therapy kind of thing, even though it wasn't therapy in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> but also Bucky in uh, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, who was who was getting therapy every week. Yeah. Um, and then got arrested because he didn't turn up. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's good that these things are being more openly spoken about, even if it is in a comic book. Um, if, if if one person gets some benefit in thinking, well, actually, I could do with something like this, then right. great, you know. I gave this one a four out of five lockjaws and very much looking forward to The Bride of Doom. Which has been spoiled. Even it though been, he spoiled yeah. himself. <laughs> but it's 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 going to be good good stuff coming up because obviously 60th anniversary, and again, we've spoken about this before, but the Fantastic Four Life Story stuff just looks to be so good when it yep. comes out. Um, it's it's a good year to be a Fantastic Four fan. Fantastic Four are kind of fast becoming one of those characters or sets of characters that I'm just sort of like going to start buying a lot of. <laughs> like I'm getting into their background and their history and all that sort of stuff. And I, I I think I said it before. Sort of ten years ago when I got into comic books, they didn't interest me very much. But yeah, now they're like one of my favorite sets of characters in the entire Marvel universe. It's so good. <laughs> I cannot wait for that movie. Yeah, I can't wait for it too. I am so curious as to who the villain's going to be. Well, yeah, I mean... It's going to have to be Doom, isn't it? Well, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. I I mean, their first villain was Mole Man. It would be hysterical if Mole Man was their first villain. Yeah, I think, think, in fact, Mole Man might actually be the perfect thing because... They haven't used him yet. Yeah, and and they need an origin story. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, Iron Man's origin was... uh, What, Warmonger uh, was the, the, the villain of it, and then... Ant Man had yellow jacket. It's like they're not like the big, <laughs> big villains yeah. of the Marvel universe. So, but the moment's fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you if you if you read if you read Hickman's Fantastic Four, he's he's quite a, he's quite a quite a fun villain to have. And actually, when you bring up Mole Man, it just totally makes me think of the um, Incredibles and how much they were inspired by the Fantastic Four. <laughs> the Underminer. <laughs> the- the, fan- the the Incredibles is uh, the best Fantastic Four movie there ever has made. ever been. <laughs> right? Well, Fantastic uh, Five, I guess, because a little baby. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, I I, I feel like Incredibles is definitely one of those uh, what one of those ones where you, you can see where the inspirations are. Homage. For sure. Well, yeah, Violet homage. is basically her powers yeah. are soothed. Yeah. So yeah. It's... Uh, it's 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 good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, it, and I know we've discussed this before, but I, I have a thing now where I really want Glenn Howerton to be either Reed or Doom, and I, I know you guys don't like that, but <laughs> I don't even know who the actor is at this. Oh, uh, so Glenn Howerton was Dennis in It's Always Sunny okay. in Philadelphia. Oh Jesus! And I, I feel like he could. He he's just got the arrogance about he, him. He that does have do a Reed. Reed look about him. I'll give him that. Yeah. And he, he can do arrogant really well. And I think that's kind of like, although Reed isn't completely arrogant, but he has got that sort of like, you know, I'm incredibly clever sort of thing about him. So, <laughs> oh, but yeah, right. I, I'm I'm so looking forward to Fantastic Four being a Marvel Cinematic Universe and just waiting for it. Just waiting for it. Only a matter Was it? of time. Yeah. Anyway, should we move on to the next comic book? Let's do it. So, uh, yeah, moving on from Fantastic Four, we get some more cosmic fun in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue 13. We are superheroes. Written by Al Ewing. Artist was Juan Frigeri. If I'm pronouncing that right, apologies if I'm not. 
Color was Federico Blee. Lettering was Corey Pettit. Graphic designer is Anthony Gambino. Assistant editor is Kat Gregorowitz. And editor was Darren Chan. What an issue this was, guys. It was a beautiful <laughs> issue. It was a beautiful issue. We started out the issue with the progenitors making their long-awaited return, uh, at least long-awaited for us, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they were previously seen on our Ewings uh, in Humans Royals run. This issue was set three months after issue 12, and the Guardians have a few got had a few additions. Uh, Teddy seems to be actively working with them. Whether or not he's a Guardian or not, I don't know, but the artwork that was released for this run kind of suggested he would be anyway so him and the tabs on his hobby <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but uh him and the guardians are kind of uh evacuating throne world 2 and on this one team we have nova quill group moon dragon rocket and gamora and the artwork showing them coming into throne world 2 is just just so cool <laughs> yeah I, I think the art on this this book is, is just so well done one does just such a good job of being able to show like motion and again I, I think we've mentioned it in the past but just to be able to show like a uh, someone flying or you know something moving through the air is, is really difficult to do and uh, he manages it just really well but the team is just brilliant uh, we have two more teams judging by the splash pages the splash artwork that we've had previously released by marvel this team managed to take out the pretenders quite easily and i feel like this is an example of the villains getting a slight nerfing from their previous appearance yeah. <laughs> they, they seem smaller this time around or maybe it's just me because they're less impressive outside their natural habitat of the world farm yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's just i don't know i feel like they they went down way too yeah i i, I feel like this is just the same similar sort of conversation we had about the the forever gate where it's like they were they were taken down as easy as the writer wanted them to be it... <laughs> so but uh, but but yeah, it, it's fine. The artwork was cool, and I think one has made them look amazing on the page. There are a few things that I love, like when Nova is giving the progenitors a talking to. Uh, <laughs> apologies for all the Doctor Who references in this episode, but um, this just reminded me of, of Doctor Who when the Doctor tells whatever alien threat that the Earth is defended, and I'm just, I'm here for it. I, I love that kind of, uh, that speech kind of thing. It's, you know, it's great. Oh, Al Ewing would write such good Doctor Who episodes. Oh, he would, wouldn't he? Oh, now, It'd now be gonna... so weird. Let's petition the BBC. <laughs> let's do it. Let's, let's start sending let's start sending emails to the BBC. <laughs> but yeah, just 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 Nova giving the presenters a talking to was brilliant. And, and the other thing I loved was when Quill was being the whole Master of the Sun thing and boosting Groot just to basically yeah. be okay, a god. Okay, I have a question about that because I know he's the Master <laughs> of the Sun, but apparently he says he's also Master of the Four Elements, and so that basically means he has the same power set as Crystal. No, he's got an element gun. Yeah, he's the gun. Oh, gun okay. does that. The gun, right? I forgot about the gun. Yeah, so the gun. That gun. The... <laughs> it's uh it's, it's is it you know uh des or troy right okay <laughs> yeah. Thank in this you. case it's, in gun. this case it's neither but yeah he he like boosted Groot to just a god and it was just hilarious i think this book is just so much fun and then we get another sort another story across the galaxy you've got uh, the other team which is quasar where has he been he uh, apparently was involved in standoff a few years ago and then there was an annual last year where him and avril discovered that they could change places similar to how Phyla is also on that team with uh, Marvel Boy and Drax. And they, they seem to be dealing with like a, a Skrull sect, mm -hmm. uh, which are called the Brethren of the Forgotten Flame. Skrulls are never good because they want to burn the galaxy and the universe. Mm -hmm. and, and they want to put the entire Kree Skrull Alliance at risk. At risk. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to point out, too, that Marvel Boy, who has the most knowledge and experience with the progenitors, wasn't part of the team fighting them. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, the yeah. one guy who could go, hey, wait a minute. I know we can hurt them with feelings. Wasn't there? <laughs> and this team has a lot of feelings. They do well, yeah. have a lot of feelings. And you would think even Philavel being there would have been able to yeah. help with that. I, I think I think it's it's just a case of, you know, Al is setting up exactly what he wants to yeah. set up, and I think he's just sort of like taking there, a bit there's of... a reason why he wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. But finally <laughs> what we've all been waiting for. <laughs> The entrance of doom. I, <laughs> this, 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 this is what I've been waiting for in this issue. Doom on a Guardians team, and he appeared at the end. Spoiler alert, sorry, but it just made my day. And yeah, <laughs> it is doom. So he literally just turns up. He literally just appears out of nowhere and takes the I, sword. 
<laughs> and he takes the sword. Yeah, uh, he takes sword. It's like it's brilliant. And he's he's kind of like, well, let there be war. If if there's gonna be war, let's do it. <laughs> and I can't help but just think back to the end of Empire where Teddy was like dying on a battlefield. I'm just like, yeah. Doom Uh-oh. is gonna have something to do with that now, isn't he? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, I do love this book. I really love this book. You could probably tell. We're putting <laughs> Al Ewing in charge of Cosmic Marvel. We say it every time, but no. yeah, just absolutely amazing choice. Um, but here's a question for you guys: the the okay. mutagen that the progenitors used. Uh, it's almost similar to how Terrigen used to work on mutants and humans, like completely boosting them and that kind of thing. Do you reckon it's Primogen? It yeah, it is Primogen. Primogen was the first thing. And then yeah. Terrigen is like the you know knockoff brand that Inhumans made for but themselves. But they kept calling it a mutagen, so I'm confused as to as, it, as they are separate. mutagens. Okay. No, a, yeah, a mutagen is just a category. Okay. Yeah. It's primogen and Terrigen are mutagens. Okay, that's what yeah, I was and, confused about. And yeah. then I guess all of the all of the universal Inhumans have their own version of that. It's not all Terrigen. Yeah. So I think the like the the somebody's got like a hookah. <laughs> and yeah like the, the chimelians call it something different again yeah. and that sort of things so, yeah i was just i was just intrigued because it was it was more on the lines of kind of how you imagine it uh, imagine it was in like the previous books like son of m and that kind of thing where it enhanced the person uh even if it was a bit of a detriment to people who weren't in humans and I, I thought it was interesting that the progenitors it's you know it's pointed out that the progenitors are have to be in cahoots with somebody they wouldn't have done this on their own. And now, who do we know who's out in space somewhere that don't like the Cree and are possibly not up on current events, like there being a Cree Scroll Alliance or Scree Empire for short? I, I, I don't know. Do mm. do carry on. Do carry mm. on with mm. your thoughts. <laughs> I wonder if this is how they're bringing the Inhumans back. Yeah, I I wonder too because it seems to be. The Al was the biggest proponent of like bringing them back later, yeah. And he was the the person that most wanted them to be a later thing, like you said. Mm-hmm. He wanted them give them a fallow year or a couple of years, and then mm-hmm. and then see what happens. So yeah, and we know that obviously the progenitors are from uh, Royals, which he wrote. So mm-hmm. yeah, and um, if there's a big space war coming, they're good at that kind of stuff. <laughs> Yeah, didn't they have a big war named after them, <laughs> them. <laughs> at one point that that we still got to finish our uh, our uh, epic review series on? <laughs> but I still don't understand why they would go after the Kree, even if they don't like them, when there's like basically only they have yeah. their own plan again. I don't know. But I also feel like why would they go for revenge against the Kree when them not having any Terrigen left is... Oh, the, the, the Kree weren't exactly nice to them in Death of the Inhumans. Oh, that's no. right. No. Oh. And quite frankly, they're not too fond of scrolls either. Yeah, well, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a black bolt. Uh. But no, uh, I mean, in this book, I I love the art apart from maybe one panel. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it. It's the one where Moon Dragon just seemingly had a warm up wardrobe malfunction. Uh, I'm I'm hoping you guys know what I'm talking about. I did um, it. It's it's just basically a really really low cut top. Oh. And I'm just like, is this really necessary? Is it meant to be some sort of reference to her old suit? But probably it just feels... her old suit was barely a suit. It was yeah, and I I I just don't think it's necessary. I I think every other female in that book is drawn appropriately, and but then Moo Dragon is just there, and it's just like, you know, come fan on guys. Service. It doesn't feel like fan service when you just kind of like you just it just I don't know what else to say on that one because it's just we're we're in the 2021 and it's still a thing and it annoys me i i think context is everything personally <laughs> and this was definitely not context anyway we get a reference back to quill's son which i have been talking about quite a few times and uh it seemed like such a throwaway thing to happen and then not get mentioned on his return and uh, me personally i only re- really properly noticed it when i was rereading the book you know the fact that he had a son and the fact that the his son i think it's rocky existed so that's going to be a good thing for the future. Gamora wasn't happy. No, 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 she was not. No, I, I, I'm kind of. Um, I, obviously, I'm going to assume that there's going to be a return of, uh, of of Rocky's mother and the other guy who was in the the polyamorous relationship. Uh, I've forgotten his name now. Apologies. <laughs> yeah. But 
yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to where that's going. I'm looking forward to development around that. But the other thing, Quasar, I think again, I said it in the in the in the, some of the previous reviews. I love the cosmic stuff. I just don't read enough of it. <laughs> um, and I, I get real, I get really happy when they get panel time, and uh, I just want as much as they can get. And then I guess the last thing to mention, really, about this episode, uh, about this issue, was that the scrolls gathering was more than just scrolls. Yeah, you had some Chimelians. Yeah, well, they 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 look like Beta Ray Bill. I don't know whether they're necessarily Chimelians, but they yeah. were drawn like Beta Ray Bill was. Yes. Um, and then there was a few other aliens there, and which is interesting because it doesn't seem to be just a scroll. So I'm wondering if it's more religious than it is like based upon a single race. So, which is going to be interesting going forward. Or you know, it was relig- It is totally religious, and they just have a lot of converts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Probably is very religious. Converted a whole bunch of people who had been screwed over by this alliance. But uh, the other thing was the fact that they want to burn the universe, and it just seems very strange that we've just had an entire uh, an entire event based upon a race burning of... the whole universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe it's. Uh, Something bigger than themselves, and I, they just I, I, influence I, yeah. these other people to burn the universe. So yeah, I mean, I I almost wonder if we're going to see like a like almost a return of the Katati again, um, and just kind of see them, you know. I wonder if there's someone behind the Katati. We've still got that whole new big space war coming up, though. With yeah, the oldest, the new oldest, <laughs> the newest oldest. Well, maybe they're the ones influencing it yeah. who want to burn it down. They filled with the Katadi, so now they're going to this other group of Yeah, yeah. And also what's interesting is is uh, again I mentioned it I think in the previous uh, Guardians review we did, um, that you've got Guardians versus Sword coming up. Or at least Guardians come into contact with Sword. That'll which is obviously fun. gonna be a yeah, that's gonna be a fun fun few issues because Al's on both books. So give me more stuff, Al. <laughs> <laughs> um... Speaking of which we only find them when the dead comes back this month. That's right. So we get in the second arc of that, and I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, in terms of Guardians, I gave it four out of four point five out of five because I'm biased and I didn't want to just give it a four out of five. Uh, <laughs> if if it had been literally just an ep- an issue about Doom arriving, then it would have got five out of five <laughs> because you know how much I love Doom. <laughs> A lot of people love Doom. He's a good. Yeah, he is. But uh, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to where it's going. I hope. I just hope Billy gets or Teddy gets his sword back. Ah, oh, it's Doom's now. Yep. Uh, Doom too is late. King. Doom. Doom is. Doom <laughs> is gonna. Doom. Doom is the new figurehead of the Kree Scroll Alliance. Not good. <laughs> We're on to the last book now, which is Champion. Ooh, going no, back down not. to Earth. Champions number six, Killer App Part One. Writer is Danny Lohr with artist uh, Luciano Vecchio. A colorist Federico Blee. Letters is DC Clayton Cowles. Cover is Tony Infante with variants by Carlos Pacheco um, and Rafael Fonteres and Rochelle Rosenberg. Graphic designer is Carlos Lau. Assistant editor Martin Biro. Um, editor Alana Smith. Kamala's law is still in effect, but it's not keeping the champions from crime fighting. Kamala, Sam, Miles, Riri, and Viv take on another superhero team that is robbing a bank. The champions emerge victorious, but need to hightail it out of there before they get caught by the authorities. However, it turns out that this team was hired to test the security of said building and therefore are not criminals. Among the champions, there is still some bitterness from Riri as she is understandably still salty that the team had initially blamed her for Viv's actions. On top of that, Viv's information on this particular heist proved to be insufficient, adding insult to injury. Uh, Riri flies off with Miles in pursuit while Kamala and Viv talk about how exposing Roxanne didn't have the effect they thought it would, namely repealing the law in the first place. Speaking of Roxanne, they've switched tactics and instead of trying to beat the teens down, they are trying to win them over with a flashy mobile app and lots of cool gear. They've set Andre Sims as the face of their uh, youth outreach program. Uh, this cements the champion's theory that Roxanne is trying to keep Kamala's law on the books, and they immediately start to plan uh, to take the fight to them. In the end, we see Andre Sims downloading information into a giant robot. Yeah, I think um, uh, for context, Andre Sims was in the Ironheart series. Yes. And he was uh, he was the bad guy, basically. Yeah, he messed with, um, I think... Uh, Riri's yeah, he, Natalie yeah. program. Natalie, yeah. AI. So I have to give kudos to Danny Lore to um for continuing the story that E Viewing had started and bringing in one of uh, Riri's baddies because usually when you get a new creative team, you basically start over again 
uh, with a completely new plot and he probably could have scrapped the whole outlawed thing but did not or they rather I'm sorry so I'm glad that the whole storyline is continuing even if it's just in this book and not really the rest um, of the, the Marvel Universe these kids anyway so uh, really good kudos and I, I thought he was pretty good uh, spot on with the characterization that Eve had for all these characters yeah, I, I think I think they've done a really good job, like you said, in, in continuing that story. And also, I think what I love is the fact that Ironheart has just had like a real continuous, constant characterization all the way through. And the fact that, and the fact that that has been carried through is, is both impressive and I'm really, I'm really glad about it. Yes. And actually, I don't think outside of you, we really had anyone else really write Riri, have we? Uh, just Bendis. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Bendis was the one that kind of created her and then wrote her for what basically uh, an entire arc i think an entire series and then uh, it passed over to uh, e-viewing and then now to danny law and it, it it's been pretty seamless i think i think yeah um, they're doing a really good job consistent quality is what i'd say on on uh, on riri she's had just consistent quality writers I agree with that. I'm glad to see Snowguard is uh, taking the fight out on the streets. And uh, this Blackmore lady who is the head of Roxanne, she isn't uh, messing around. She's hiring and firing really fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah poor you... Snowguard. I mean, yeah, she's about to be the victim of a smear campaign and she doesn't even have the app to know that it's happening. Yeah. You know, and that that's... Uh, that, uh... What the first sort of five or, or was it six, five or six issues of, of Champions did was, uh, you know, I thought was quite, you know, a bit too close to real life. I think having a smear campaign on a social media site is also incredibly too close to reality. <laughs> no, they're not messing around. It's it's I, it's so well done, and I, I think you know I'm going to see how uh, Danny's story works through. But I think Eve's Eve's worked so well; um, it was never overdone, and it was never overly blatant right until sort of the last couple of issues. And I, I think the way that these stories are broached uh, uh, are generally done really well. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this one. Yeah, I, I am too, and I think the series has a lot of potential going forward if it keeps being this quality. I do have to point out. Um, I know uh, we are of differing opinions on Luciano Vecchio's art. I love their art. Um, although I have to say that the one character page looks a bit like uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick. <laughs> I was like, well, that's, yeah. I don't know if that's intentional that. or not, but it kind of does look like her with the big glasses and the red hair. Yeah, it's just, it's not my taste. I know. No, yeah, it, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm it's a little Disney for my taste. Yeah, I know Luciano was drew uh, Ironheart with Eve. So that's another level of consistency. Yeah, coming yeah, back yeah. to the to the book, I think. Yeah, um, you know, and going back to that, it's it's lots of people will find it great. You find yeah. it great, and everybody else is, you know, lots of other people going to find it great. I think I think tastes are a wonderful thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, technically, an all ages book in some ways. It, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, I don't know how much of an all ages book it really is. <laughs> I, I would say it's definitely a teen plus book. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like for the target demographic and that sort of mm -hmm. stuff, it, it's perfect. I'm intrigued to see how this plays out with Snowguard because none of them are going to know because they all refuse to download it and use it. But at the same time, they need to know what's going on. So they might have, someone's going to have to use that to spy on it. Although Riri sounds like she might be making an app to combat it. Well, I, I kind of got that impression that they were going to do something. I got the impression that she was going to end up downloading it so that yeah. she could mess with it. And then it's probably going to cause a whole bunch of problems because it's obviously going to end up to be some kind of mind control app. Right. Yeah. Do you think they made it vulnerable on purpose for that reason? Possibly. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be one of those stories where I, I think it's going to play out relatively straightforwardly. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I feel like it's almost it's almost similar to that Miss Marvel arc. You know, the one where they they worked for that software company. Yeah, is it, is it the zombies. zombie one? Yeah, the corporate zombies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's going to be a similar sort of vein to that. Well, if you remember the teaser from issue five, it looks like Sam and Miles go undercover within Roxanne. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that as well. That's going to be that's going to be fun. <laughs> If that really happens, we'll have to see. I'm very intrigued to see where this goes. So uh, I gave this a four out of five because I love our champions and Kamal is the only human showing up anywhere right now. 
I gave it a four out of five. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good story, despite and... despite our difference of opinion on art. Right, but the <laughs> the writer, kudos to the writer for not missing a beat because I I just feel like it was just a very yeah, smooth they've, transition. They've they've done a, a, an excellent job, excellent job. Looking forward to uh, Champion Seven when it comes out because that's gonna be fairly soon, isn't it? Because uh, we're a little bit late <laughs> reviewing yeah. this one. A couple of weeks, I think, unless it's skipping a month. It might be skipping a month because a whole bunch are skipping months in May and June. A whole bunch. No, we no because we're going to be going into Heroes. Oh, Reborn. So I don't know no. if this is going to get nixed oh. for now, and then it goes back to it because they're getting a Heroes Reborn thing going on. Okay, I mean, I mean, okay. Let's 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 talk about Heroes Reborn <laughs> a second. Let's talk about Heroes Reborn a second, right? Oh my God. Who is looking forward to that? <laughs> they could have just given us a Squadron Supreme comic and let it go with that. Yeah. Instead of infecting everything with yet another event. I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just kind of like and they're all like one this. shots. <laughs> yeah, right. that's the thing. There's like, there's like a, a Hyperion and the Star Jammers or something like that. Yeah. And I'm just like. Just yeah, give Star us Jammers a book. One looked okay. Just, just give us a Squadron Supreme book, and they can show up in it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not looking like this is this is the first time I will say I'm, I'm comfortably not looking forward to a Marvel event. Unfortunately, yeah, purely, be, purely because I'm kind of just, I'm just a little bit sick now. <laughs> I thought they were supposed of, to be toning this down. I, me too. Yeah, I, I thought that was like one of the reasons why Empire was meant to be the only uh, big event of last year. Which was very good. I mean, who knows? Hero Heroes Reborn might well be uh, actually one of the best events ever, and uh, you know I'll love it. But I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like to me that they had to, to do something with these characters because copyright was about to lapse. Or from the Heroes Reborn characters. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's what it feels like to me. I mean, look, they're bringing Reptile back for a series. <laughs> but that's that's what we mean. They could have just done like a series and not yeah. like the title mm-hmm. <laughs> not done a universe wide thing yeah but you know, know i don't know it's it's marvel it's marvel i think i think this summer i might just have to read a few other things <laughs> right well i'll be, yeah, be reading fun. the heroes reborn champions because unless... yeah I, I i think if there's stuff to review we can definitely uh definitely look at that but i mean i guess that's that's the end of our reviews despite the big uh segue on, uh, <laughs> on heroes, heroes reborn, reborn. So I guess is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Is there any like books you've been reading that are, are particularly good? No, I haven't read anything really. I've just been working. <laughs> yeah, sounds 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 about right. <laughs> Same here, really. Uh, what about you, Lynn? Have you, have you been... uh, nothing worth talking about? Although we did watch Mortal Kombat. Oh, and it was so bad it's not so bad it's good or so bad it's entertaining it's just terrible it's oh terrible. see i know some people who've absolutely loved I, it because it's it ridiculous like... now if you want to see gross stuff and have a good story watch the invincible cartoon yeah okay yeah apparently that is very good oh my and god not, it's amazing as bad as I, you've said to me it's very good and you're not the only one that's is that a dc good. thing or is it no it's image it, it's image. image yeah yeah and the, i've read the comics my husband hasn't and watching him watch every episode was like watching him watch the Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones, <laughs> oh, except Jesus. it happens every episode. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, amazing. I, Invincible, again, it's one of those comic books I've been recommended. Who writes it? It's uh, Robert Kirkman writes it, and Cory Walker is the artist. And then Ryan Otley. Ryan Otley, too. Yeah. Oh, Okay. Excellent. I only I only asked because it's, I'm glad it's an image comic because you know the whole writers and writes things to characters they create. But I really love that you know so much TV material is coming from the comic books right now. The next they're they're bringing a now they're tapping RPG games. If you hadn't heard that, they're yeah. making a, a TV series out of the World of Darkness Vampire Masquerade. Uh, yeah. They're making so. a Fallout TV series as well. So, but but I mean Robert Kirkman must be making bank at the moment. I, I mean. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's already renewed for seasons two and three. Good for wow. him. Yeah, because I mean, he's he's obviously worked on Walking Dead, uh, Fear mm-hmm. of the Walking Dead, Invincible. Uh, he's he's also done Oblivion Song, I think, but I don't know if that's ever going to be made into TV series. I wouldn't, but yeah. So uh, Robert Kirkman's got obviously a big big name oh. in uh, in comic books and TV at the moment. Actually saying that, but the 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 only thing I've read, and you might be uh, happy for this, Saren, uh, I started reading Silk the other day. 
Oh yeah, it's been good, good, isn't it? Did you start? Did you start with the new series? No, I just I've I've got I've had uh, everything from 2015 up to the end of the kind of second run. Oh, it's good. And then I haven't I haven't read anything of the next the, the current run. The current run's very good yeah. as well. Um, I actually yeah, good. got issue two. I think uh, Robbie Thompson did a lot to backtrack on the uh, the pheromone thing between her and Peter and Silk's very questionable yikes interactions with peter uh he did a lot to walk that back and so uh kudos to robbie thompson for that i saw that you had purchased some spider woman adam uh i have and and sandman yes i'm very excited for for both of those i mean to be fair i i think i've bought more books in the last two months than i've read that sounds about Um, right (laughs) so i I don't know anyone who likes to read that doesn't do that uh, I also bought Hellboy uh, again on the the recommendation of of Lynn, which I'm yet to read, unfortunately. But I mean, it, it, you have so much Hellboy and you haven't read any of it. I know because the books are so nice, <laughs> like like they're so pretty, and I I think I think everything that you've recommended me today, <laughs> I've enjoyed everything a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> you you have no idea how much you're going to love Hellboy. Like, exactly there you go so the fact that i've got four of the books already and these are the library editions too <laughs> so you you were talking about pretty books and for some reason the talking about pretty books made me think of a book from my childhood that has absolutely some of the most beautiful artwork i have ever seen on it and just technically it's targeted to kids but it's really not a kid's book have you ever read the dinotopia series oh yeah i haven't although i <sighs> wasn't that made into a tv show it was yes but the books are way better and you should just get them. They're expensive though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Enough. I just it made beautiful art made me for some reason think of Dinotopia. And if you haven't read the Dinotopia books, you should, because wow, I love them very much. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, for me, it's also the same with um, uh, Black Hammer as well. Cause Black Hammer is written by Jeff Lemire. And I've heard good I'm like, about that too. Yeah. Just all the reviews for it. And I'm kind of like these, the dark horse books are surprisingly mm-hmm. affordable. And I, I realize I say that and they're still like 30 quid a time and, and all that kind of stuff. But 30 pounds a for a hardback compared to Marvel's like 70, 80 pounds for a hardback, just to me just makes them so much more accessible and so much more affordable for, you know, a reader. The fact that you can get nearly, you know, three or four hardbacks from Dark Horse or Image compared to one single one from Marvel, I think just speaks volumes, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, again, <laughs> literally volumes. Hey. For the brand name. Quote, oh, absolutely. Unquote. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, and, and then again, I'm, I'm quite happy to, uh, quite happy to buy for, buy Marvel. You know, war, I've got the War of Kings saga, I've got the whole thing and it looks amazing on my shelf and it's all quality stuff. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not disappointed by it, but it's just, uh, I can get an awful lot more from Image and Dark Horse and uh, and and those kind of stuff. When I was at NYCC 2010, I bought the um, hardcover for the first three or four arcs of Monstrous for like yeah. it was like fifty bucks, which yeah. was also signed by the artist and the writer. And oh my god, if you want a beautiful book, that's just what a wonderful book! It's, oh, that yeah, it, it's beautiful. Monstrous I mean, is amazing. The the story. Uh, I feel like you kind of have to focus on though. Yeah. <laughs> so I read I read volume one earlier this year, and I'm just kind of like I really need to focus here to realize where it's going. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on. And, and you know what really kind of annoys me? You mentioned Comic Con there. If 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 I end up if we end up doing like C2E2 2022, the only problem with me going to C2E2 2022 or where, whenever whatever year is the fact that I can't pick up a bunch of books. <laughs> yeah, because just of, getting them on the plane. Yeah, I'd have to keep them in my bag. I, I think that's actually what I did because yeah. um, I bought a load of books there and I just kept them in my hand carry on. And uh, it must have been like two or three kilos. It was just insane. Yeah, worth yeah, it. But we did learn that I can ship to you from Amazon. Yes, very oh, that's, cheaply. That's a good point. So, uh, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know how much you know about it, Saren. I, uh, I, I kind of talking briefly to Lynn about it, but Marvel United has just re- uh, announced a an X-Men version of its popular game. And uh, so I decided I'm going to back it on Kickstarter. And I was going through it and I was like, okay, but it doesn't include the original core game. And the only place I could find it in stock was <laughs> Amazon USA. So, so yeah, I went to Lynn. Yeah, that's the miniatures game, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They've got a Spider-Woman one and I want to get my hands on that Spider-Woman miniature, like hardcore. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I would never play the game. I just want the miniature. 
Uh, I mean, I, I bought it. Was he in the part of the corset? No, no, oh. I just got it off eBay. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna have to buy so that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint it up. That's, I've literally got the spray paint for it, and I've just sprayed it up tonight before we start recording. Oh shit! I'm gonna have to just buy that figure and just to have it, and then I won't paint it up myself because I'll fuck it up. But I know someone who paints miniatures very nicely, and I'm going to give it to her to paint for me and buy her. They, the, the the miniatures are in it actually are uh, bigger than I thought because I was thinking they're just going to be like small token size you know mm-hmm. things for for board games. But no, they're like uh, I don't know how much you know about scale in miniatures and stuff, but they're like forty mil, fifty mil scale miniatures. So they're they're quite big. They're like, I, I guess, like, more I like Warhammer inches. miniatures. No, no, bigger than that. Yeah, wow, pretty chunky. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, um, so if you take a Warhammer mi- miniature and probably like one and a half times bigger, and they're they're in like the 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 chibi artwork, yeah, right. Kind of three, you know, kind of art style, which I'm which I'm okay with. I think. I so who comes in the core game? Because now I'm sitting there going, well, maybe I'll just buy the whole oh, game god. anyway. <laughs> I, I think it's like the core Avengers, Captain America, Black Black Widow, Iron Man. I, I saw a Quasar miniature out there, and I can't remember which set he comes in. But yeah, the Quasar miniature looks really cool. I want um, to play it. I, I, I've spent far too much on that. <laughs> so I'm very much looking forward to getting the box set. Uh, and it's like like Lynn said, it's, it's like $12 to ship to the UK. Wow. So, Overall, it cost me £46, I think, because I see I gave Lynn the money as well. PayPal fees all included is about £40, £45, £46. Why I did I not boy. back this game? Because Spider-Woman was exclusive to the Kickstarter. She was, yes. And I managed to get the mini, the mini for £6 on eBay. <laughs> yeah, what do you think I'm Googling right now? <laughs> so uh, I guess, don't forget you guys can, can get into contact with us. Our email address is the show at atalanrising.com. And uh, our Twitter is at AtalanRising1. Uh, if you want any anything particular discussed on the show, you've got any questions or comments or anything like that, please do get in touch. And uh, I guess we will see you next episode. So thank you for listening and catch you later.